0: to this super special podcast for Wild Grace it actually doesn't even feel like a podcast it feels more of a yeah I guess it's an introduction um, introducing the new custodians of Wild Grace Wild Grace is she is evolving and she's rebirthing into the world um, there's been so much excitement um, just over the last couple of days over like social media and then in our personal lives as well it's almost like a new baby has come into the world and there's that that same kind of like flurry and like what does this mean and I want to meet you and so this uh, podcast is yeah, we're here to meet Rava Wild and Freya McFarland, the new custodians, the new mamas of Wild Grace, as she is kind of like, it's a metamorphosis, really. That's what it feels like. Um, yeah, so we'd love to hear a little bit more from you. Uh, Rava, I feel feeling you actually. (laughs) Bring yourself forth. Thank you. Bring
1: myself. (laughs) Hello love. My name is Reva Wild and I am one of the co-parents of this ah, magnificent aliveness that I'm continuing to be initiated in and Freya I imagine you can speak to this beautiful process of what it's been to Uh, be chosen and to choose back for both of us to have this experience of yeah what it is to be deeply initiated by the aliveness that is wild grace to have the parts of us that are already embodying pieces pieces of this now just invited deeper to the table and there's been a lot of (laughs) a lot of messy wild feminine (laughs) magic and all of that
2: so much feminine magic coming through hi everybody I'm Freya Freya McFarlane coming from the the UK and I'm just ridiculously excited to be in this in this container and activating this portal and starting the starting the journey of opening been feeling all this energy riding up my spine for the last few days, especially as we kind of launch on socials and um, spread out the word. I feel like my my masculine is just growing every day. Like, wow, I didn't realize these hands were this big. <laughs> I didn't realize that my solar plexus could get this wide. <laughs> and uh, it's just been a magical opening. I haven't slept that well, but it's been, <laughs> I'm sure that will ease off in a few days. <laughs>
0: Yeah I'm in the exact same place I think all three of us haven't really slept much in the last couple of days like with all the there's actually just a lot of ecstatic running through the wild grace field. Um, Me personally I've been part of wild grace for the last two and a half years and this is probably the strongest I have ever felt her so I can I can feel like wild grace as a being as an organism she's she's growing you know she's feeling robust and she's she's here you know she's she's really excited she's like all right like I am I'm graduating in a way yeah she's traveling overseas and
2: starting to get her magical serpentine fingers all over the all over the place and touching into where she wants to go that's the feeling I'm getting
0: yeah and I also feel that you and Reva both as custodians are bringing your own unique essence to weave through wild grace and it's almost like she's magnetized you in so mm-hmm. Sigoni really brought wild grace like manifested or birthed wild grace into the world um, she was telling us about it the other day it was September 2018 and she had this like crazy dream she's like okay it's wild grace she's coming forth and um yeah like she's she she's nurtured and nourished this being and now it's like okay like I'm ready to soar I'm ready to fly and I want this like freshness this this new essence to be running through me and it's like she's she's brought you in she's like no okay these two people they're going to be my parents they're going to be my my, my mentors my custodians my stewards you've been selected
2: <laughs> we have been summoned
0: <laughs> yeah Indeed. yeah so you've been summoned so and just speaking to your essence um I would love to hear a little bit more about your journey and how you've ended up here today Mm.
1: beautiful Mm. yeah where to start what to share it's always the uh, the art of storytelling it's like what is what are the most important pieces and how to share them in a way that's most nourishing for the aliveness that wants to come through and I guess I'll start my story this way when I was five years old, I remember sitting in a basin of sand with a red bucket and I remember pouring it over my thighs and just loving the way it felt. And at some point in time, I looked up, there were five shadows, so I looked up, there were five boys. And one of them came forward and said, you're fat and you're ugly and you're never gonna get married. And it feels like that that stone of experience started really influencing my healing journey. The part of me that was this epic romantic, this part of me that knew that pleasure was just a part of life and we could access it deeper and wanting to go deeper into that. It led me into kind of the ecstatic dance world when I was in my late teens and started to spark this desire for me and feeling so disconnected from eroticism coming in the body that I came in, coming in kind of the feminine curves and waves that I have as a very squishy bodied woman. Mm. It drew me into how does how does relationship work? How does sexuality work? How does this turn on that I'm feeling but told to cut myself off from, mm. how does that work in the world? Because there's gotta be places where people like me are loved. And this led into... Choosing the academic route, I have a bachelor's degree in sexuality, marriage, and family studies because I wanted to go all the way through that, (laughs) that specific portal in this realm. But I found that I was like missing the pieces that I really wanted. I had the like various forms of intersectionality, trauma understanding, going deep into how I was experiencing this and also how women were experiencing this, how girls were experiencing this this deep disconnection from the body and from our sexuality. And I still, I wasn't satisfied. I was still hungry. My inner feminine was like, there's something more than this linear way of understanding this world. And that led me into ecstatic dance, taking yoga teacher training, uh, deepening into this more embodied realm that opened me up to Tantra and sacred sexuality. And that was where I got the first taste of the aliveness that I really wanted to bring and the essence I was feeling underneath everything that mattered from food to sexuality to communication to what is it to care for ourselves and each other in a world that's deeply traumatized. Like, I got to go deep into the last 5,000, 10,000 years of history. Like, it's. It's great and it's not great. (laughs) Mm. So there's this beautiful kind of culmination that's happened, especially over the last three, four years of really marrying the academic and that deeply caring for trauma and how we're all experiencing it from micro to major levels in this human experience and in the global cultures that we're raised in with, the drop of the dark, the sacred, the deep dive into what is it to really be with this body and with the ecstasy that's in the cells. When I got really kissed by the void, by the dark, by, yeah, the simple fact that it's not bad or wrong, that it's just a part of uh, the dichotomy of life. This is when, yeah, aliveness started to really spark for me. And it started to shift how I was working with my clients, started to shift my relationship with money. It started to shift my relationship with relationship and has completely transformed that five-year-old who felt like her body would always be a barrier between her and love, which I experienced so many people speaking to. To recognize that this body was always the vehicle and the vessel for deeper aliveness and for the ecstatic matter that is in it. And now I get to be the, usually the loudest, most naked as allowed uh, front and center, like boss bitch Leo at the front. (laughs) And it's, yeah, it's amazing. The transformation I've experienced that I've seen in clients and, what it is to really love the matter that is this body and the ecstatic current that moves through it. Mm. So there's a flavor of me, a little kiss of my history. Mm-hmm. There's more and yeah, I want to invite Freya in because her story is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it's one of my favorite room. stories. That was Not juicy fair. things,
2: honey. <laughs> Mm, yeah, it's it's interesting. We both have that piece of of childlike discovery. I I definitely had that too. I uh, I remember the first time that I I started exploring self pleasure. I, I was like eleven or something, twelve, and and I started going into these like profound ecstatic states and channeling my breath like these 10 steps up through inhale <laughs> and then holding my breath. And then I would just get into these states where I felt like initially I was as big as the house. And then I felt like I was as big as the town. And then suddenly I would just open up to more and I had no words for it, but something in me knew that there was a channel open that, uh, that would later become really clear. And, uh, and then when I started exploring actual penetrative sex with with another human it just didn't feel the same I was like
0: why is it not
2: like me becoming the world (laughs) and so it just really guided me on this process of, of discovery and curiosity and I've always had this total fascination with the body um I'm really lucky to come from a powerful spiritual family um who were definitely my first teachers i'd say my mom is just my number one <laughs> she's kind of teaching me about how to how to manifest how to be in the body from such a young age i remember coming home from school once and saying like i don't like my hips and my belly's looking strange <laughs> and she just she just said okay we're going to take our clothes off and she we just both stood in front of the mirror together and uh, and she just went through each part of her body. Like, I love my wrists. My wrists are beautiful. And then she had this beautiful cream and she just rubbed that cream in and take lots of big breaths. And then she's like, let's, let's do it together. And, um, and we did that every day for about 30 days. It was so interesting. It was like our little ritual together. to like go and look in the mirror and look at all these different body parts. And it just profoundly touched the way I relate to my body. Um, which still today guides me in how I hold space and how I teach this, this essence of just coming home to who we really are and reprogramming. Uh, so I'm so lucky that I had that from my family and uh, they did the work. <laughs> they they really did the work. They came from this deeply religious family and uh, with so much religious trauma around. If thy right hand o- offends thee, cast it from thou. <laughs> like really dark stuff and I guess speaking to that that essence of like if you're if you're self-pleasuring that you shouldn't be but but then they just instilled the sense of it's okay it's beautiful it's powerful and they were like the first breathwork teachers back in the back in the 70s so they were like doing a lot of meditation and yoga when I was a kid and I got exposed to that from through their magic and uh And so they've just been my number one fans um, teaching me about blood mysteries, teaching me about the goddess and about activating that that inner spirit, that priestess within me from from such a young age. And then when I was 11, they initiated me into the fairy kingdom, created this beautiful ritual in nature in, in California in the Redwoods. And my aunt brought me into magic showed me how to work with pendulums and showed me how to really open up my womb um, when I I started bleeding. So yeah, I've come from this place of deep nourishment. Um, And then when I was 16, I got hit in the face by this strong desire to be a midwife, which, just took me on this wild spiral of working with the feminine, working with everyday magic and being at the gates of the portal of creation. And, uh, and that was my life from, from my early 20s. I worked in Latin America for a while and just standing there at the portal, roaring with the feminine, like, you can do this. And they would scream back, you're not bueno. And I'm like, yes, you can. <sighs> Um, so I guess birth is really at the essence of everything I hold everything that um, that I work with and even today as a space holder and I've been through lots of different trainings around breath work now and I feel that essence of the midwife just carrying me and when you've kind of stood at the portal of birth for enough times you start to see the veil kind of thinning (laughs) and and since while grace has been coming into my life god i've had so many childbirth dreams so many like i'm breastfeeding this this energy and and then i'll wake up and i'm i'm i feel like i've been pregnant in my sleep and i'll kind of touch my belly and be confused (laughs) for a second um so yeah i've been in the channel in the in the gestating with reba (laughs) And um, but but the big piece for me was when I was in midwifery, and I came back to the UK to be on the NHS. I it really touched my heart and my soul that that so many women were going through into um, into medicalized births and they they were having assisted births through C sections and. Um, And I really started to ask the question, why is it that women in the West are struggling so much to meet the power of birth? And um, I chatted with this incredible anthropologist who's inspired me so much, named Sheila Kitsinger. Kitsinger. And she wrote a book called Birth and Sex. And uh, she said, because we don't stand in our embodiment, and when she said that, I realized, oh, this is this is part of my life mission to stand in my embodiment and support the veil of birth, whether it's actually standing at the portal or supporting the feminine to be in her most raw and wild. And that's why I'm here with Wild Grace and with Reburn. You Mazzy is we stand at the portal of creation to amplify to our biggest version of ourselves in connection to creation and source and we can do it if, if we believe and open enough
0: that's part of my story Wow, oh, thank you so much I was definitely feeling so much of myself actually in both of your journeys and our wild grace like the reason why I was drawn to our graces yeah because I needed that embodiment piece so there was something that was disconnected and especially being part of the western system like I was deeply in that as well and kind of in the matrix but always feeling like no there is a magic in the world and there is magic in my life so how can these two worlds be bridged because we can't completely escape the the reality of uh, capitalism and globalization and you know this very advanced world that we're living in but we can still reconnect with these deeper more ancient parts of Mm -hmm. ourselves with the transpersonal parts of ourselves and with our soul ultimately and so like our soul is like expressing itself through our Mm -hmm. personality and through the archetypes just hearing you both speak it's like oh there's there's the wild woman I see that oh there's the there's the erotic mother (laughs) there's the priestess so they're all here like they're all here today with us and um, if I'm to look at wild grace as as an archetype she's definitely a very robust erotic mother (laughs) yeah but she needs her priestesses and I feel that with with you both so uh, what I really appreciate is yeah like that we're bringing our journeys like we're, we're weaving our our experiences into wild grace and yes like we're here to bring parts of ourselves but also there's something that wild grace is nourishing us with there is like a constant like giving like she's always giving like that's what I feel with her so I feel this that there is a strong devotional peace in me that's like I am here and I'm priestessing and I'm holding a pillar um yeah mm. it's, it's quite strong when she pulls you in
2: totally I, I um I got this amazing word when I did uh Easter for the first time it, it was you are a permissioner and i feel like wild grace Mm -hmm. is a permissioner she she just invites in this this big space of okay now meet me and she's like that we can go bigger meet me (laughs) just keep expanding open Mm -hmm. and uh, and that's what i've been loving about this transition away from midwifery years ago is it's just about expanding but also bringing it back like we don't want I don't at least want to be a hermit in a cave, but mm. wanting to be a part of the creative process that, that is life and moving that energy in, in new ways, whether it's in the city or in the country or in community.
0: Yeah, and you've just hit the nail on the head. Like, this is a community as well. Yeah, I've established so many like, gorgeous, friendships and really people who I consider to be my soul family now and yeah I can already see like these acupuncture points popping up around the world with um, we have a couple of trainings coming up that are already confirmed and I can see how oh okay so there's going to be community flowering there and there's there's like this grid that's kind of starting to pop up in you know the Americas and there'll be other parts of the world and, uh, oh, we could probably name the, the upcoming training that's coming up. And I do, would you like to announce it?
1: I would love to announce it. Mm-hmm. So one of the parts of my journey with the feminine was landing in Guatemala and Lake Atitlan for ISTA as well. So there's an ISTA thread here
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> on Trying. March 13th, Friday, March 13th. So the goddess day, 2020, I ended up locked in that training as the world um, kind of like was closing in the pandemic and ended up staying there for now almost like two-ish years. So we're going to Lake Atitlan, which is really beautiful because in the Mayan understandings and many of the Mayan cultures there, they understand this lake specifically to be the belly button of the world to be connected to the umbilical cord of the cosmos underneath in the earth and above. So we're going to Lake Atitlen, to the land of eternal spring for solstice, summer solstice. June 22nd to 28th, we will be journeying with 40 souls to dive deeper into what it is to be alive now in the world. it is to care for our nervous systems what it is to like bring ourselves beckoning forward to that edge that we've looked at for so long and really lean into what nourishment can i receive by looking over or maybe daring to jump so the initiation is coming in person for the first time in years. And it is coming to like Atitlan to Via Sumaya, which is one of the most like eco luxurious spaces that you can connect to like in all of Guatemala. It is gorgeous. It's super juicy. There's a hot tub. I want you in it if you want to be in it. And it overlooks the lake (laughs) and the volcanoes and it's just so juicy. Yes, you'll probably hear in any podcast we're part of. Freya and I will talk about tub at one point in time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Reba's been learning this about me I'm just happiest in a body of water. That's so many meetings in the bath.
0: (laughs) That's true. It's pretty much every meeting you're in in some sort of body of water. I've noticed that. (laughs) Business in the bath. Mm
2: I feel like Guatemala is such an incredible place to to begin. Like I love that Reba has that that journey there, and it's actually where I did part of my midwifery apprentice with uh, with the indigenous women in my early twenties. So it's got a really strong energy for me. I've been going there since I was seventeen, and uh, it's beautiful to see that community continue to flourish. I, I feel like the work is. It's gonna it's gonna ripple and uh i love i love the name that that we've come and the energy that's come through there rebo. what are we what are we doing
1: well we've been talking about it this entire session if you've been listening it's rebirthing Mm-hmm. What is it to birth again, to come again, to come again, and again, and again, to <laughs> so come alive again? We're at this really beautiful, interesting point in our kind of collective history over the last five years where we've had a closing, and now there's an opening that's starting to happen globally mm. again. Europe's opening, a lot of Central America has been pretty open. Australia is starting to open. Canada is starting to open a little bit. And witnessing all of that, there's this definite like energy that we can play with of what does it mean for for me and my aliveness and how my aliveness is irrevocably interconnected with all of the other pieces and parts. What does it mean for me to choose that it's time to rebirth now? We talk about heaven on earth, we talk about creating new Eden, we talk about these experiences that we get in kisses or in little moments where we taste flavors of it. But what happens when we deeply choose to rebirth that wild, primal, deep, and also bright aliveness? So we're rebirthing. Mm.
2: Yeah, I can feel it like tingling in my womb as as we speak about this, like these little bubbles of excitement mixed with the uh, the gestation and birthing process that the wild grace is in. Um, it feels mm, it feels really archetypal that it's coming from that space um, at the lake at this time. Um, yeah it's like that moment that everyone's been waiting for the pandemic moving where there's that opening of the arms and that stretching of the wings and that sense that okay I can actually open and it's safe to expand I feel like we've arrived at that point and Wild Grace being in Guatemala at this time feels like the acupoint of that journey of the wings finally having the space to fully flap
1: Yeah, there's something like a rebirth with you know exploding volcanoes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I'm feeling so turned on from this conversation. (laughs) Mm, Yes, it's like Mm. okay, (laughs) especially with the volcanoes and like the the spreading and like the welcoming, and I'm just like I'm so excited to be to be part of it and to be co-facilitating this journey as well. And to be welcoming in all bodies. Mm. You know, even though we're working with feminine archetypes, um, you know, the feminine exists within all of us. And I think we're like as a society, as a civilization, we're at a at a point that we've never been before in terms of fluidity and understanding how the feminine really moves through all of us as a group as well yeah and I'm feeling Guatemala and the way in which that land is able to hold I've never been to Guatemala but it's been calling me for a long time and I was always oh is this going to be the time when I go I'm like, no 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 there's I must wait, you know, and I'm going to be initiated by the land there. I'm going to be initiated through world grace. So this feels, um, this feels potent for me as well. Mm. Yeah. And then the next training we have coming up after that um, is going to be just next door. <laughs> in Costa Rica do you want to announce the next one as well
2: yeah we're we're going to be at an incredible community space um that has just inspired me so much around how, how to create space how to um really honor the land and go into the the wildness and community and that's going to be at Brave Earth um if if our listeners haven't checked it out please do go it's such an amazing project and uh that's going to be from the 22nd of september to the 28th of september they're actually the same dates the 22nd mm-hmm. of june the 28th and then 22nd of september which feels nice um Foster. equinox um, yeah and and what i'm really excited about with this is uh the the Maloka, the main gathering shala space, is made for the wild. Like it has a central fire right in the middle, and it has the uh, the symbol of alchemy on on the ground as well. And it's it's made with earth and clay so intentionally. And the first time I went into that space last year, I was living in Costa Rica for about seven months after big relationship ended and. I kind of went to to Costa Rica to rebirth myself and God did the land ever hold me. And I stepped into this space and the moment I stepped in, I saw, I saw about 40 women, 40 Mm. beings, just just 40 feminine. It wasn't necessarily women, but it was feminine, uh, like dancing wildly with mud all over them around this fire, so intense. I nearly broke down and cried because it was just touching my womb at such a core level. And so when we were talking about where Brave Earth was like, me, 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 me. (laughs) And then it turns out that Mazzy's got connections with that space and you'd been having your own conversations with the owner, which is just amazing.
0: Yeah, I was just at Brave Earth a couple of months ago and I fell in love with that land. I fell in love with the people there, with the community. Um, Yeah, and I've been speaking with um, the custodians of that land just as you were speaking with them at the same time and we had no idea. So (laughs) the threads were (laughs) very much alive. Um, But yeah, that, that central space that they have there, there's something magical about it and you can feel the spiral just Mm. continuing to move upwards and there'd be moments when I could actually see it so it's constantly transmuting Um, Mm. so it really is a medicine space and the the ground there like the floor is also there's a layer of copper beneath Mm. it Mm -hmm. yeah I'm not sure if you knew that but there's so many elements to it and they've thought about everything so it really is um it's just it's it's constantly moving and cleansing and you can just you can feel the vibration there it's it's designed to heal and to hold Mm -hmm.
2: yeah I feel like it's a a space of alchemy for sure I'm actually going to be there in a couple of weeks um i'm currently teaching on a five-week training and uh we've got another group of men who i'm I'm teaching with feminine and they're teaching the masculine and then we're going to come together and do a shiva Mm. shakti ritual weekend there in a couple of weeks um so that the space at brave earth really holds the depth Mm. and it's not always that like that sometimes you Mm -hmm. have to bring the depth but Brave Earth holds the depth, and that feels so supportive.
0: Yeah, I I love the, you know, the all the little weavings that are starting to happen now with all the different communities, with Brave Earth, with um, the Guatemalan community at the lake, and then there's the Haydn thread that's alive, there's the Ister thread mm-hmm. that th- that's alive, and um, I'm wondering. What, what more, like who else is going to enter into our space? Who else are we going to be co-creating and collaborating with? Because it seems like we're just kind of mm-hmm. like flowing out and spilling out into these communities, but it's, we're, we're merging so beautifully. Um, I'm very much into connectivity and, and where there can be emergence. Uh, and I feel that Wild Grace is so like more than ever opening to that
1: Yeah, so much of the feminine principle and the uh, various different transformations we're going through in humanity I'm witnessing is that Mm -hmm. deep desire and deep learning curve around what is it to shift from a lens of competitiveness or againstness or either orness into collaboration, deep togetherness, being with the both and at like fundamental, intuitive levels and to really bring that in. And this weaving that I'm feeling, definitely you're a huge part of in this organism, Maz, but everyone is so vitally important right now, especially with ourselves, to step into that deeper collaborative space and to be in that weaving with others. It's a time for, yeah, the competitive era to end,
2: yeah, yeah, we're really wanting to bring bring a togetherness and and an expansion, um, like something that Reba and I have been feeling into and talking with Sigoni about is who's who's the next generation of wild grace trainers and uh, who wants to show up and stand in the sandpit with us and actually spread this work globally. So it's been a really big inquiry and we have the mentorship starting in in July at the beginning and that's going to be um, super powerful for opening up that portal as we step into this new journey. So I guess this is a bit of a call out as well to anyone who feels like they're ready <laughs> to go on that journey and have the opportunities. And we've, We've designed the opportunities for the trainers and the co-facilitators of the in-person to kind of reflect how we would like to be um, to be met, like having, having our expenses paid for and being really nicely paid and supported to be able to channel this work through. Um, uh, yeah, It's
0: exciting, very exciting meeting new people. Yeah, well, I, I can speak into the mentorship a little bit because I, I went through that journey uh, when I stepped into Wild Grace and what I received from it was some deep codes around the transpersonal around the archetypal realms and around like it it was like an ancient like an ancient language that I was receiving that was beyond it was beyond human it was like a part of me that's completely Uh, raw and undomesticated and doesn't know um like as in uh, like conceptually so this is a, a deep process the mentorship and there's the like practicalities that you'll receive as well and information but yeah the mentorship yeah um or any other pieces I wanted to bring in hmm. I think that was it that was it for the, for the mentorship
2: mm. it's, it's so interesting around the mentorship and around joining the Wild Grace team trainer, tra- trainer, tra- trainer team um, I feel like I've been on a journey personally for the last few years of really recognizing that I work best as part of a team, I work best with with other people, I don't want to be this Freya McFarlane single branded human, it's just not not my my aliveness, I like to be a part of spaces and I'm, uh, I'm a faculty member for the Dow Country Arts as well and so it's really nourishing to be met in that space of collaboration and going through the mentorship and then coming into the field and having other people that, uh, that are your peers in the container with you, who speak the same language as you and that create with you is such a powerful piece. But then it also feels really good that the organization and the, um, the marketing side of things is kind of taken care of by, by Wild Grace. And then you can kind of be, just be a trainer showing up in your, in your genius um after going through the darkness and the epicness of the mentorship
0: totally and it's a co-creation ultimately like what I love about the mentorship is that yeah it's a it's a community space where we're all flowing together even though we're having our own individual experience there's like we're holding a unique point within that group and we're just like constantly flowing. You can feel the waves and you can see the waves and it penetrates your dreams. Um, And There's that whole shamanic aspect to it. And then when we step out into the space as facilitators, like, yeah, it feels so held by the organisation and the organism. And it feels like the the masculine is also really solid in wild Like There's a very solid foundation um, and, and there are solid structures that are, that are holding us so that we can flow and, and move with the mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. Ah, okay. So is there, is there anything else that we've missed? I feel like it's, uh, we're just bubbling right now. There's a lot. So much. Mm. I um, There is something else
2: that feels... Just interesting to speak to, and I guess it's a part of the story of how Reba and I came in to holding this piece. Um, so I went down to Guatemala in uh, a, a few months ago to see Reba, and we were we were really moving through how how the the how it was all going to come together. And then during that time, on um, was it International Women's Day, Reba? Yes. Yeah, it was International Women's Day. We had a really big push of energy come through around how the money was going to come up to, to hold this space, how we were going to buy the company. And, and then on that same day, Scotland offered up an apology to the witches for the burning. And um, that has never happened before. An, an official um, public offer of an apology from um, from someone in parliament in scotland and that has waited for 450 years and for about three days i just felt the energy of that release coming through like my ancestors had been holding for this piece for so long and then suddenly the wild was able to expand and oh it feels safe again and so it feels like a poignant time to step in deeper with with Wild Grace and Go Global as we're holding that space of apology. So the UK and Scotland is feeling very strong and it's feeling very much like we're gonna be offering a training over there. And I just wanna drop that in as the time is now and the aliveness is there. It was a pretty wild thing that happened, wasn't it Reba? I remember us being on the dance floor together and moving all that energy.
1: overlooking the lake with big ass bass in our face, looking out and crying and dancing. And yeah, it was definitely a wild, beautiful time. And this this is a wild, beautiful time. Like we have, and this is something that comes up every day for me. It's like, we have such precious times. And we don't know when the unknown is going to take us, when it will be our last delicious breath of this wild ride. And in everything that you two are speaking to with the mentorship and this piece around the apology with the witches and like what's really alive, it's like, I feel this desire to invite everyone listening into like what really fucking matters for you. Don't know if I was allowed to say that. Are we allowed to say that on the podcast? Please tell me we're allowed to say fuck on the Wild Grace podcast. I, I'll allow it. I think it's great. I support you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you it's, it's, it's your raw expression. It should <laughs> never <be> shut down.
1: <laughs> I just do want to no. make sure there isn't some algae that's going to be like, oh, nope, we are now R rated and hidden from the entire world. Because No, I'm giving, I'm
0: giving you the tick of approval. <laughs> and to be
1: like in communities like this like the sisterhood that's in this room Mm, even mm. though it's really fresh it's fucking epic Mm. it's wild it's playful all different aspects of our aliveness are able to come play and be human or utterly divine and transpersonal in a moment or tired (laughs) there's just so much space to be human And if you're deeply caring about your aliveness, if you're deeply caring about purpose, if you're deeply caring about choosing a life adventure that's like nourishing and deep, this space I've experienced is a permission slip Mm. to choose that.
2: I love you, Reba. I love
0: you, Freya. (laughs) I love you too. i feel like like we're just this collective of witches of these like badass embodiment babe witches totally (laughs) my inner
2: six-year-old who knew i wanted a coven is like
0: yeah, like it's finally we're finally doing it (laughs) in a big ass way (laughs) huge oh my loves this was an incredible, incredible chat, and um, I feel like this is probably going to be the first of many. Okay. Um, this has been an incredible introduction into both of you, and I'm, I'm looking forward to just the world getting to know you more and more, these incredible beings that holding this thing that can it really be held I I don't know it's just uh, okay she's flowing and we're flowing so thank you for trusting and for answering the call for listening so deeply and um, yeah just for being so fucking resonant and vibrant Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to our journey and looking forward to meeting you in the flesh
2: Mm.
0: Mm. And, mm. and hopefully people listening want to meet you in the flesh as well we'll see More you ahead. in guatemala costa rica guatemala.
1: You know, hey. mm-hmm. mm. Mm.
0: all right loves until next time Mwah. Mwah.